Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Mika Simmons and welcome to the Happy Vagina podcast. Coming up, we have Chloe Delavine and Georgia Hurst talking about precancerous cervical cells, all things smear and why we think the speculum should be updated. But firstly, I just want to take a moment to tell you about Le Salon. Le Salon is a cult online beauty platform which places ethics at the heart of its conversation by empowering women and enhancing the careers of its beauty therapists, ensuring they are the most highly skilled and motivated therapists in the UK. I can vouch for this. At the end of a very long week, Le Salon came to my home and got me date ready. And here's the best bit. Book via the Le Salon app. Use the code HAPPYVAGINA and they will give first-time users 15% off. Groomed bush or Brazilian, Le Salon will take care of you. Just go to www.lesalon.com or download the Le Salon app and get pampered. Welcome to the Happy Vagina, where we shame bust thoughts and feelings around things sex, gynecology, and female body judgment. We share honestly about our experiences, so you can do the same, leading to better health, better sex, and better lives. I'm Mika Simmons, I'm at the Albright, and today on the Happy Vagina, we are focusing on cervical cancer and smear test awareness. I've been to loads of smears in my life, but I have not had cervical cancer. So because it's something I've got no personal experience of, I've asked... Chloe Delavine to come and co-host with me. Chloe is a mum to Atticus and Juno. She's an activist. She's my co-founder on the Lady Garden Foundation and she is a legend actually because (laughs) earlier on, I really mean that, she's a legend. Earlier this year, she went on national television and had a smear test live and it's been watched by over a million people. So I think that does make you a legend actually. Yes, thank you. And we are joined by the super talent and one of the stars of Vikings, Georgia Hurst. Chloe and Georgia, welcome to the Happy Vagina. Thank you. Thank Thank you you very much. much. We always start the Happy Vagina with a quiz, which is fun, educational, just to test your vagina knowledge, girls. See how your vagina IQ, we're calling it VI. VI, and just to get to know you a little bit better. The first five questions are true or false. And there's no competition on the happy vagina, so you two can confer on the first five questions, okay? Question number one, true or false? In conversation with Chelsea Handler, Cameron Diaz said, I'm not going to do an American accent. (laughs) (laughs) I did think about it when I was writing the question, but I'm just not going to do it. I say, grab a mirror and play along. Get in there, learn about it. You're supposed to treat it like the beautiful flower it is. Nurture it in all ways that need nurturing. Water it, fertilize it. It needs nourishment. True or false? True. True. Yeah. 
Can you see my answers? No. No, but I, but <laughs> no one the, would the make reason, that up. The reason I say that is also because I watched an interview with Cameron Diaz on Graham Norton where she talked about the importance of women not lasering off all their hair, pubic hair. She's a big And so fan I think she bush. discusses really openly uh, her vagina, which apparently I'm doing today as well. <laughs> y- yes, you will be. Yeah. That is where we're going with this podcast. Yeah. There was a period when Cameron Diaz was really, really open about all this stuff and really encouraged women to have a bush, examine your vagina, look at it, have better sex. I think it's okay to have a bush or not have a bush, by the way. Whatever is right for you is the right thing for you. Question two. In 2014, this is so shocking, an app called Happy Playtime, I've just given the answer away, haven't I? (laughs) (laughs) You have a life. In 2014, an app called Happy Playtime, dedicated to teaching women to masturbate in the form of a game, was refused by the App Store. Um, true? Um, False. Well, it was refused, so no, I think it is an app. Not, I don't know that from personal knowledge, by the way. It is Sure. Okay, it is an app. (laughs) It is an app, and it is true that it was refused by the App Store. Just so you all know, you can still you can download it on your computer. You just can't get it on the App Store. It basically features a cartoon vulva which teaches you how to masturbate. Apple said back then the concept was not something that Apple wants to go forwards with. If only they knew that five years later, multiple femtech companies and apps would be dedicated to female pleasure. And also, can we just say making a fortune? Like literally, <laughs> they really missed out. I I couldn't remember how to spell cunnilingus last week. So, <laughs> I, I thought I'd ask Siri. <laughs> I forgot that I was actually asking how to spell it, and so I just asked Siri what cunnilingus was, and Siri literally said, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I mean, how are we supposed to be well in terms of gynecology when Siri isn't on board? I haven't asked Alexa yet, so anybody listening out there, could you please ask Alexa and DM me? Thank you. <laughs> Question three on topic. The speculum is approximately 200 years old. True. If not more. Oh. No. Uh, You'd you know? know more about this than I would. So I'm going to say, tr- I'm gonna copy it's ancient. Say okay. <laughs> well, I have seen pictures of what it looked like. And sort of an Edward Scissorhand sort of situation. Yeah. I know yeah. we do moan quite a lot about the speculum nowadays, but the truth is, is that it did used to be a lot worse. Well, I didn't know they came in sizes. And I always thought mine was quite large. And then my sister was like, I get a tiny one. I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's funny. It's, uh, it's really small. Um, I mean, yeah. that, that is so true. Yeah. They, don't, they don't, I mean, nobody says to you when you go to have your smear test, which size do you think you need? And also, no. I don't think they test you for size either. It's not like they go, can we just have a little feel around and see how they big it is? No, they, when, they just know. No, they basically whether you've had children in your age. And is stuff that like what that. it is? Yeah. Well, okay. Mm. It's actually over 2,000 years old. Ancient. First described in Roman medical texts, uh, earliest sighting was 79 AD, found in Pompeii. Although, as Georgia said, it did look a lot scarier than it does today. And we do moan quite a lot about the the smear test. But if you Google ancient speculums, I think you'll be quite relieved (laughs) of what we're all dealing with. I'm going to give you a bonus question. (laughs) Speculum means mirror in Latin, true or false? I did Latin, but I didn't do that, answer that sort of question. Um, Georgia did Latin. 
but she doesn't know the answer. Chloe, you, you must have done Latin. I didn't. No, it's one thing I failed. Thanks for that. I saw it. I went to a comprehensive in Bristol. We definitely didn't even know what Latin oh. was. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say true because I'm feeling bold today. True. Absolutely true. Well done. George has got you an extra, an extra you. point. Yay. Question four. Brain imaging research found that for women, there's a neural connection between pain and pleasure. For women, there is a neural connection between pain and pleasure. I think we're going to go with true. It is true. Phew. Well done, girls. The same area of the brain that processes pain is activated during orgasm in women. Oh. I know. <laughs> Another little interesting <laughs> fact for you is that the clitoris... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that what that means for us moving forwards, but it is a really <laughs> interesting fact. We're all going to be really, really confused next time we come. We're gonna, is, this, is this like happy or bad? Um, <laughs> Another interesting fact for you is that the clitoris is the only known organ with the sole purpose of pleasure. Your last question, multiple choice. A US study found that only 10% of women, this is in America, use a vibrator. True or false? False. Well, I hope. Um, false. Okay, good. It is false. Apparently, it's 50% stateside. Mm. 50%. What is it here? Well, we couldn't find any statistics for the UK, but we did find out that Oxford is the sex toy capital of the UK. <laughs> and, and, this and this is, is funny. Because she's from where I live. Yes. <laughs> Maybe it was just us. Sort of. I'm sure Anne Summers has got some statistics. So if you could send them in for, for uh, how many women in the UK use a vibrator, um, that'd be great. So that is the, oh my, you got five out of five. Literally nailing it. Okay, five quick fire personal questions. Number one, you cannot, this is not a joint thing. So separate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Brief. Or G-string? Brief. Um, it depends on the day. Um, <laughs> you know, I do love a granny pant. I've got one on today. It's very comfortable and very large. And then I've it just depends. Actually, they're big. Yeah, they are large. <laughs> um, it just depends how I'm feeling. You know, it depends on the outfit, I suppose. But I couldn't pick one or the other. I'd have to say both. I'm sorry. Very annoying. Okay. I do not own a G-string. Don't you? No. Nope. Have you ever? No. Nope. <laughs> sorry. My mum used to do the washing for me and be like, darling, dental floss, stuck in the, <laughs> stuck in the washing machine. I'd be like, that's my song, but thank you. Um, yeah, I love a G-string. I love them if you wear them a bit big, but I'm slightly clue. I'm, I'm, a bit, I'm slightly surprised by that. Why? No, I don't, they're not comfortable. I'm all for comfort. So you did try them? I've tried one on, but I've never bought one. Like if I've been given one, I've tried it and then gone, no thanks. Did it's you not just think, me. why would I do that to my vagina? Well, yeah, or your bum. Uh, I want to say more the bum. Oh, yeah, no, it's the bum and yeah. like the look. I don't. I've never been a fan of that kind of. Nah, not me. Okay, fantastic. Not going to show you what I'm wearing now. But second question: Brazilian or bush? Bush. <laughs> um. <laughs> again, sorry. <laughs> um, mum, if you're listening, bush. <laughs> um, Georgia, 100%. We, we need to understand um, your mum. <laughs> I um, I love you, mum. Um, I would say neither. What? Nothing. Could you expand on that? Um, I could. Um, <laughs> Georgia, would um, you expand uh, on that? Yeah, I will. Um, 
you know, again, it just depends on, on the mood I'm in. I would say often not very much. But so you'd prefer to take it all off? Is that called a Hollywood? It is called, how, however, yeah, yeah. Hollywood? Yeah, I, shaving yeah. or waxing? Oh, wax. Wax. Yeah, I never put a shave, uh, uh, any kind of shaving situation down there. Okay. Ingrown hairs. It's real. You can it's get ingrown thing. hairs when you get waxed as well. But I don't. Okay. So that would be my preferred. Okay. But I will say, I once went to, once went to get a wax and um, the lady that was doing it was had me up in all sorts of positions. I think my legs were up. Um, and she said, um, I've just got to say, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I was like, do you know what? I actually like to leave that bit not done, so I'm gonna go. Um, so I didn't return. I didn't return that. I'm so writing that into a script. Next question: tampon or moon cup? Tampon. Uh, neither. Really, I'd use the pad most of the time. Sanitary towels. Yeah. Do you use organic or just are you not so whatever comes? Yeah, I just, I find tampons just a bit invasive, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, and moon cups, I think, give you bladder infections, I've heard from a lot of my friends. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I don't know, tampons just kind of, I have to change them a lot. And that, for me, is, it feels uncomfortable, just, just me personally. You have to change them because they're uncomfortable? No, they make me need flow. to go to, they need me, I'm so sorry. Um, they make me want to go to, <laughs> they make me wee all the time if I put it up there oh, I just want to wee so I have to change it all the time right so maybe your bladder pushes on them a bit interesting and Chloe mm. you're into tampons yes but I think that's just because I have tried a moon cup but it wasn't the right size and I think you have to kind of try a lot of them to get the right mm. the right, right the right one that fits you mm. and I'm a bit too lazy so I've just stuck with what I've known forever yeah I love but a tampon but organic but yeah if I was going out and I was wearing a dress a, like a small dress I'd go for a tampon but Comfort comes first for me, mm. I must okay. say. <laughs> Little nod from the audience on moon cups. <laughs> oh, they're the, they're, they're the, the knickers pants. that um, so the knickers that you can bleed in, but then you wash, right? Yes. I've never tried, but yes. I'm desperate to. I have. So it's heard. all inbuilt, right, yeah. and seamless, so you can't see them. Nothing oh, leaks good. out anywhere. It's like a well, can you say it's like a grown-up nappy, but not they essentially. <laughs> But they're more like a Spanx, aren't they? So these are, we are talking here just if, <laughs> just because, yeah. And they have the sanitary wear, yeah. Amazing. We will be trying them. Yeah, I'm gonna. Thank you. Question four, clitoral or G-spot? <laughs> I didn't know G-spot, that was possible. Clitoral. <laughs> Sorry. It is definitely possible. Male friend in the front who's laughing can, at me. I, <laughs> I can I can say that I I have had a G spot orgasm. It took me a while to learn how to have them, and I think it's definitely to do with penis shape and not necessarily size, but shape. <laughs> <laughs> and the only man here has left. We, we've just lost him. <laughs> I just I just need to <laughs> I just need to apologise to Warren, who's our amazing editor on the right there for. For the fact that this is going to take a while to edit this podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Warren. You are amazing. Uh, we just lost a male member. I mean... Uh... <laughs> That's so good. Oh, dear. Um... <laughs> yeah, G-spots definitely exist. There's a spot behind your clitoris if you go through to the back wall where it's overly sensitive. And I think it does develop as you get older and they, and they definitely exist. 
Um, but there's a very different orgasm. I'm going to... June Sarpong actually recently told me she has both at the same time, which I was just like, now you're just showing off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like... I think a clitoral orgasm is more like a male orgasm, so it's got a definite completion and you probably don't want to carry on having sex afterwards. But a G-spot orgasm, you, they're, they're kind of interesting and I, and, I, and I wish them upon you both. Thank you. <laughs> and everyone in the room. Next question. Vibrator or vegetable? <laughs> I mean, if I had the choice, it would be a vi definitely a vibrator. Yes, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is yours, Mika? Well, because you made these questions up. I did make them up. Actually, that was made up by someone else who I'm not going to name. But I, <laughs> I think she might be here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why are you looking? <laughs> I, so I, I've never used a vibrator. And I don't know. I think I've got a bit of a block around it. So I'm basically a fan of the hand. I don't think it's that unusual. To be honest with you, in researching this podcast, I have found quite a lot of women that have experimented a little bit when they're younger and trying to explore. I've never used a vibrator. I think I've got a tiny block around it. But maybe I'm just really good with my hands. I don't know. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that. But for you, it would be vibrator. Chloe, you recently left a party with quite a few vibrators, didn't well, I'd you? I never used a vibrator until May of this year, and I left a, a, a hen party with five of them because no one else wanted to take them home and had to give them a go because why not and lo and behold some of them work quite well and you're enjoying them yeah has it changed your personal pleasure sex life yeah definitely has it yeah i'm very lazy <laughs> so is it is this it helps me a lot is it quicker more intense just much quicker that's just much easier <laughs> Yes. You know, I've, I mean, I'm a mother of two I young children. To say, I want to go to bed. Time. I wanna, yeah. When I go to bed, I want to go to sleep. If this can get the job done very quickly, I'm all for it. Ah. Sorry. Okay, great. Georgia? I'll stop saying sorry. Um, I would say, I ha have spoken to a lot of my friends about this, that using vibrators too much makes you really not sensitive down oh, there. Interesting. So I do not use one, but um, I have in the past. But I found that it actually like stop some of the sensitivity that is amazing thank you so much for sharing you will have helped a lot of people by sharing that honesty today we are now going to get more serious georgia you've had what young actresses dream of you left drama school you went straight into a tv show vikings which is amazon and the history channel and you've been in that show since you left and you're now coming into season six <clears throat> you have a, a lifestyle that people would probably dream of for that reason you're you know you feel safe in work and then while filming season six you had a real shock what happened yeah so i was do, i was filming um vikings and i'd actually got another job on a film which was going to film in the like three month break so I, everything was going really well and um and I went to get an STI test at an, uh, with, a, with an Irish doctor when I was filming in Ireland. So it was like private. I booked him offline, didn't really know much about him. Um, and very interesting man. Um, he, um, I went in and I said, listen, I've just broken up with my boyfriend and, um, you know, he might have been cheating on me. So I'm just going to do a couple of, you know, tests, whatever, just to be sure. And um, he was like, OK, no worries, we'll, we'll do, you know do this and we'll do a, a smear at the same time and I was like oh I'm a bit young for that and he was like no we'll just do it anyway because you're paying privately and it's fine so we started with the STI tests um no lube on the speculum I literally was like I'm so sorry this is really not gonna work for me and he was like oh you don't you worry it'll be fine I was like okay so we proceeded to do these swabs which was so uncomfortable oh, and um then went on to do the smear which was which wasn't very nice and um, he said, well, you've got what I call a PNV, 
And I was like, oh my God, what have I got? He was like, a perfectly normal vagina. I was like, wow. Are you serious? Yeah. I was like, thank you so much. So I left being like PNV, you know. Um, <laughs> so little did I know it was HPV. Um, so that was good to know. So he then basically rung me um, like a, a week later saying, oh, your STI tests are all clear or whatever and your smear will just take a little bit longer to come. So I didn't really think much about it. And then I was at dinner with my sister and I got a call from him saying, you need to go to your gynecologist or come back here, just either one, you just need to see someone. So I was like, what does this mean? Like, he didn't say you have cancer, he didn't say anything. He just said, you need to go to a doctor. So um, I called my gynecologist in Oxford where my, I grew up and I went in to see her and she was like, I really wouldn't worry. This happens all the time. I was 22 at the time. So she was like, really, it's probably nothing to worry about. Cells change all the time anyway. It could have been a false positive. Um, so we did the smear and then I was filming on set and she called me and she said, we've got two weeks to get it out. You need to come back here. So I then had to go to the producers and say, I need to talk to you about my vagina. Um, it's not very well. Uh, I need to take some time off. They were totally okay with it. And um, I came back and had the operation. And yeah, Georgia, it was quite an ordeal. You, how did you feel when, when you first got the phone call? Because obviously you'd had sort of two doctors it's not their fault. They're doing their very best, um, but who reassured you that there'd be nothing wrong? Like, when? What was the impact of it on you? I mean, you, you're you're such a brilliant personality, so you make a lightness of going to tell the producers that you had an unwell vagina. But actually, you were out there filming on your own, without your family or friends mm. around you. I definitely knew when, when the first doctor told me there was something wrong, I definitely knew when my gynecologist was reassuring me that there was something wrong. I just, you know, when you're quite in tune with your own body, I just yeah. felt like mm, maybe this isn't right. And I have had been kind of thinking, I, I'm, I'm kind of unlucky in that kind of way. So I just had a feeling and I knew as I was going to go back to my family and I just stayed at home and I just thought, I, I didn't really know what was going on as well. So it was, I was really upset, really upset. And, um, and I kind of urged all of my friends to go and get smears and all of them paid privately and went to go get them, which was amazing. Um, but I, I kind of, I don't know, I felt, I, f I really trust my gynecologist. And I knew when she told me, listen, we can, like, we can sort it. Uh, it's going to be fine. I did feel in safe hands. But also there's that part of you that's so self, like, out of control. I mean, there wasn't really nothing you can do. Um, I just thought, I'm unlucky. That's how I felt, really unlucky. And what was the actual diagnosis? So I had SIN3, but my precancerous cells were really developed. They'd possibly been growing for like five, six, seven years. So they'd spread really far up my cervical canal. Um, I really want to have children, lots of them, uh, football team, um, preferably. Um, and so the, the fear was that they'd have to take so much of my cervix off that I wouldn't actually be able to carry a child. Like I'd be able to get pregnant, but my cervix wouldn't be strong enough to actually hold it. So that was kind of the, the worry that that was a possibility that either I'd have the operation and I'd have to have kids maybe straight away, like really soon, and I wasn't in a relationship, or it maybe wouldn't happen for me mm. anyway. So I kind of had to, as a 22 year old, I was like, that's a really big deal. Mm. Um, thankfully, um, the operation was really successful and I can still have children and I don't have HPV, so positive. But if they thought that potentially the cells had been growing for the last six or seven years, because you also mentioned you were diagnosed, yeah. the two were not necessarily connected. Do you know what strain of M HPV you have? No, see, I was never told, but um, 
I know now, I didn't really know I had HPV literally till two weeks before the operation. And then six months later, I had a smear and my HPV was gone, was undetected. So um, it probably was due to that, yeah. I would say. There but are only two strands of HPV that are heavily linked to cervical cancer. And um, apparently 80% of us will have HPV in our lives and the immune system just clears it through our body. So it sounds like potentially the cervical cancer you had was... Well, the, the, the statistics around the amount of cancer that is caused by HPV is, HPV is very high. So, and... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Chloe, you're, um, I mean, this, there are about approximately 3,000 women each year aged between 21 and 25 are diagnosed with precancerous cervical cells. So not surprisingly at all, you have a very similar story. Yes, I was 21. But actually, I was, I was at university and I was doing a degree in biomedical science and tumor biology and wrote a dissertation about cervical cancer and the links to the HPV virus. Now, this is back in... I was 21, so this is 15 years ago. And... They, no one knew about the HPV vaccination. No one had been told about it. And this was what I was writing about, trying to kind of tell people that, oh, my God, there is this company that's produced this vaccination that can eradicate it. Um, and I noticed that I had some of the symptoms of cervical cancer, so I went to a private doctor. What were, the what symptoms? were your symptoms, by the way? Because I... Pain during sex and bleeding when you're not on your period, basically. And I just had a, f- a weird feeling that like something wasn't quite right. Mm. and pain and so went to go and have a smear test and so I had the same as you when I was 21 I had CIN3 as well so had um, part of my cervix removed and but at that point they also they never tested for HPV so I'm still unaware as to whether I have HPV or not mm. obviously they don't test for HPV when you for like an STD or anything like that because I think one in three of us have it also I think for men uh, and that it's not detectable well, no, I think you can, but also you can spread it. It's not just through sex, it's through skin-on-skin contact. So even if you wear a condom and you have sex, you can still pass on HPV. So if you were to test for HPV, the amount of people that would have it, there'd be an uproar. You know, people would be completely horrified. Yeah. It's the same thing with herpes. They don't test for that. Yeah. So um, where did I get to? So for me... So you'd had some symptoms, which were symptoms, irregular had, bleeding and pain during Right, sex. so then I so had So you off, took yourself for, yes. a, for a smear test. So I was 21. Did you have to demand it? I mean, how did you just No, go, I pay for a private right, gynae. Okay, okay. I mean, that's a shame that we have to do that, but yeah. Um, but no, but then, so, so after having that, so for after that, so doing it privately, that I was put on the NHS, so they've always called me up every year, so I've done that through the NHS, but I had to do the first step of private healthcare to get the test done. And what was the procedure from then on? What, what happened for you? So they do, I had a cone biopsy where they test how deep it's gone through the cervix and then a let's procedure, which is like a kind of... Did you find the biopsy quite... Worse than the... Yes. Well, the, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah, and then the other bit is when they kind of, they, they use a loop and they scoop it out. 
So for me, that, that as when I had babies was an issue. Some people have to have, it can make your cervix incompetent. Mine was, but I didn't have to have, I can't remember the actual name of it, but they put a stitch in your cervix, which means that you can carry oh, through wow, to term. But I had instead had a pessary, a progesterone pessary, um, which you could choose whether you put it up your bum or up your vagina. Right. I went for the vagina. Right. I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> um, so you have to have that every day so that your bod, so that your cervix doesn't thin, so that you can carry through to term. During your pregnancy, you have to have it every day? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Did they talk to you about pregnancy when you were... No, but just just um, what I previously said, which was like, hopefully, the, ex the most extreme case is that, you know, we have to maybe have two operations because I had so much so mm. do the first one and then maybe if we have to go back for a second one that's when potentially it could affect mm. you being able to carry mm. a child mm. um, or and some people are told pretty soon after the operation that maybe you should think about it mm. and not leave it too long mm. which again was like I'm 22 like that's terrifying many other things I'm thinking about before that yeah, yeah. where's my next alcoholic beverage coming from <laughs> <laughs> And Georgia, you, when Chloe was talking about her biopsy, you sort of nodded and, and, and showed uh, that you also had a, a bit of an experience. What, what happened for you? I don't want to scare anyone, but it was the most horrific thing that I've ever had in my life. The operation was totally painless. I, don't, I didn't even bleed after my operation, I was after my lube. Yeah, so I was, it was totally fine, but the biopsy you're awake for. And, and you, they don't give you proper anaesthetic. No. So you're, on, you're under local anaesthetic from... I don't even remember that happening. Maybe they inject. But I just remember like four nurses holding me down. Like my legs were strapped. And these women, these two nurses were holding either shoulder. And my, my gynecologist, who I love very much, kept sort of smiling at me and saying, it's okay, darling, it's okay. Um, and she, she just kept taking chunks that she said weren't enough. So I was watching her taking chunks from my cervix and me thinking, this is literally the most horrifying thing. And afterwards, I felt that was the most awful recovery, actually. But then the operation itself. But thing is, it's all part of the process. Like, I was just grateful that it was being, I was being looked after. You know, you, it's beyond the pain. It's like you just want it to be sorted. So really, it, was, it, it's, it they, is what it is. I think yeah. it's going to sound like a really... Do they do they tell you what you're going to go through? Like, do you think it would help if they if you'd had some warning? No, was it? I wouldn't not have gone. No, yeah, you wouldn't have gone. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. They kind of tell you it's like an operation. They would just prepare you for it like it's a proper operation in a hospital. So they put you in a gown like it's a you know. I know, but you weren't sedated. That's the, bit, no, the thing that I'm shocked about is the fact you're not sedated. I don't. I mean, I think that, that one of the reasons we get sedated is not just for the pain, but so that we don't know what's going on. No, but for some people, I don't think not everyone has a similar experience. We did talk about briefly earlier as to your anatomy, the uh, female yeah. anatomy. Some people have a tilted uterus and stuff like that, and that can make things more painful. And actually going back to the tampon conversation earlier, right. that would tie yeah. in for you, Georgia. Yeah, I have a tilted. Right. And also yeah. I think doctors assume the problem with sedation is that it's not necessarily something you can then walk in and out of. Mm. Um, it's a something that's a procedure which you have to stay in for, and that obviously comes with its own risks. And also they hope that because you've got your legs up, so I'm not going to do it now because I've got a dress on, but... Um, is that you won't actually see anything and that what you can't see won't scare you. Do you know what I mean? They're not coming in with some massive scalpel or anything like that. Know, Your legs are up, there's a, there's a It thing. is such a delicate area of the body, though. I mean, yeah. it's also very, very, very powerful. But um, did, it, did it change your relationship to your vaginas or your gynecological health? I mean, you've both mentioned that you now go for smear tests once a year, which is, you know, obviously amazing and necessary. But did it, how did it, how did it change your relationship with your body? 
Um, I think for me, I was 21 and it definitely made me disassociate myself from my vagina. As I said, I've only just kind of started pleasuring myself in the past year. And that's kind of, you know, from then onwards, it was always just, I don't know. It was definitely a kind of a long time. I, I haven't been that connected to my vagina, let's say, until much more recently. Mm. Uh, whether that is to do with just that, I don't know. The but trauma. it definitely had the a trauma of it. Yeah, and also just kind of feeling a bit like that's part of your body that's almost let you down in a way, but and something out of your Did control. You like that's what I was going to say. I felt yeah. so let down. I was yeah. like, I'm 22, like I'm really and that, physically that shouldn't, healthy. And why is that going? Why is it doing wrong? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that definitely was a thing. But do you think that there's a pressure on women to keep it somehow well and pure, like that we're only good women if if we've got no issues in a well, just as a 21 year old, you have enough stuff you having to worry about. You don't need to. You shouldn't be having to worry about. That not performing. <laughs> right. I think. Was sex painful? Well, afterwards, you're meant to wait for a while. But mm -mm. Were you in a relationship, Chloe? Yes. You were? Was my ex-husband. Did you find it difficult to talk to your partner about it? Just carrying on with this idea about kind of the failure of your of your. As Georgia me, said, there wasn't a lot of conversation. For me, it was like, this is a problem that you've got to deal with. I was grateful that it was being dealt with and that I could, was lucky enough to have found it at the right time and then just getting the job done for lack of better words and then once the job was done that was it and that was over and so no there wasn't much more follow-up conversation mm. for me mm. or about the procedures or anything I just wanted it sorted mm. were you in a relationship Georgia no I was single right. and how has it, has it affected your your to, future relationships to be honest I'm pr I mean I would say I'm pretty thick-skinned and also as an actor I feel like any sort of slightly traumatizing experience can potentially be used as sort of you know, tears for a scene. <laughs> so often if I'm like, I'm really struck, oh, that time. The biopsy. <laughs> yeah, here they come. Um, I just think, I'm, I, I just, I've, I, I went through a lot, but I also just it, think it makes me a sort of more well-rounded person. I can just, I can talk to my children in the future and say, this is how important it is. I, and like I said, I rung all my girlfriends and all my sisters and said, please go and get a smear. My sister was 26 and she still hadn't had one. And I said, please, I really want you to. So in a way, I just think it's better equipped me for life. And, you know, it, it is what it is. It's not like I wish it didn't happen, but it, it didn't, it hasn't really affected me, to be honest with you in that way. Um, I do sometimes obviously worry that it may come back, which it might. And that's, a, that's like a, a bit of a fear. But as long as I'm getting smears regularly, then I'm not going to worry about that. And is much. your sister now getting smears regularly? Yeah, she is. She got I, her first one. Because, because we have a 21-year low in terms of smear test attendance in this country. And um, it's something that I'm really interested in. There's a lot of research going into it. There's, there is to do with budgeting in some local authorities. You know, there's a whole load of, you know, demographic groups. But mostly, I would say that for most women, smear tests are pretty terrifying. And we find it really difficult to go. They're quite, you know, you have to book it in. You have to make sure you're actually available on the day when it's actually booked in for and things change in life. But, you know, it, it seems really sad to me that something like that had to happen to you for your sister to go and get checked. I know. I think she was afraid as well of, of the whole thing. Like, it, like you said, it's, it's quite intimidating. But... What I always say is it's a lot worse going through, you know, what we went through rather than just having a slightly uncomfortable speculum. I mean, there's worse things that mm. could happen. You just kind of have to suck it up. And it also, it's part of being a woman. Like, we're so amazing. Our bodies are so unbelievable. Like, mm. we can create beings and, um, you know, we menstruate. And, I mean, 
that's just this is just part of being a woman it's slightly unfortunate but the amount of things that we can do that our bodies can do it's pretty remarkable so yeah. you know it's and just one of those things and Chloe obviously you have been actively campaigning around cervical cancer smear tests for the last five years with your work with the Lady Garden Foundation and also earlier this year as I mentioned you went on Victoria Derbyshire and had a smear test live on television and it's been watched by over a million people for me, one of the things about going for a smear test is, you know, your legs are up in the stirrups. It's, some, it's humiliating somehow, and often many memories I have, I think, come in at a tissue level, shame, experiences I've had sexually, or bad experiences with doctors, and so my body tenses up. How did you stay relaxed on national TV? I know. Can you imagine if that blanket <laughs> dropped off? <laughs> no, but I wanted to Do you to think we've got that. more did views or less? Did they take your knickers off, or did they pull your knickers over? Oh, no, 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 I was, no, no, no. I was standing like, there in a long dress with no knickers on. So then you don't wear G-strings, so they couldn't have done that, could they? <laughs> no, 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 they were, it was, it was, there was nothing there. And then, you know, there were lots of men filming. <laughs> so can you please stand behind my head? Thank you. Um, no, but do you know what? The first time I ever went to have a wax, I was equally as nervous. And I remember someone, I was, you know, about kind of putting your legs up and doing that kind of thing. And suddenly someone told me, it's like, how many vaginas do you think this woman has seen? How many vaginas has a nurse seen or a doctor? And... So that, I mean, it does, that kind of put me at ease slightly because it's like, do you know what? So even if they're, they're quite clinical about it, which doesn't help, but the reason that they're clinical about it is because for them, this is just an everyday procedure that they do to try and help you out. Mm. But didn't you feel like after having all that, all the operation when you were 21, mm. that you, that it was like, oh, everyone's seen it now. Just uh, listen, after, after having my had operation, two children, yeah. I'm like, do you know what? I mean, I'd literally show yeah. everyone in Like this literally, room. After, after the operation, they put a massive like pair like pa a massive pad on you yeah. and i was sort of coming to sort of everything was a bit hazy and every nurse that was going past was just pulling my pants down just take if i was bleeding <laughs> just pulling it just in front of the whole room by the end i was like do, do you do you i know you're serving the tea but do you just want to fucking pull them down seriously and then after the operation i, I woke up and the nurse was like hello hello would you like some painkiller i was like absolutely T rolled me over shove one in my ass I thought nothing now, <laughs> nothing after this will be shocking to no me. No shame Literally. Anymore. I've been through it all. And then they gave me a pessary that I did have to put on my ass for the rest of the week. And I'd say to my sister, can you just stand out, sit outside? Please tell me nice things I while I put that, this pessary in my ass. I just sort of feel like we've got it all wrong. Because, you know, a vagina is no different to any other anatomical. I mean, in, in a weird way, that area of our body, we, we put it on such a pedestal. But actually by doing that and by being so private about it, we also create more problems for ourselves. So there's a very thin line between really honouring a very special area of our body and also letting go of some of the attachment to the privacy and all the shame and everything around it, you know. I think it's quite hard, I, I feel, just being younger talking about it, because it is quite scary. I know a lot of my friends probably have never gone through any of these things. So it is, it, a part of me is like, imagine them hearing this and being like, oh gosh, you're only like 24. That's, that's so weird. What, but to come on the happy vagina? Just to talk to about go pills going up your asshole, yeah. um, <laughs> which my mum did tell me not to mention. <laughs> Again, Mum, I love well, you. Actually, Chloe, you, you, you had a bit of bad feedback, I, I, didn't you, for going on TV? Yes, I mean, nothing too nasty, but obviously th a lot of people are saying that certain things should be kept sacred and that no one needed to see this on TV, and fair enough, each to their own, but that's, the, these are the people who I'm not necessarily trying to help. Um, 
if one person could watch that or women. listen to this. No, exactly. And if it, I've helped you know, one person go and have a smear test or do that, then that's the job well done. Yeah. And it's just trying to kind of get rid of the stigma. No, it's not an enjoyable experience, but for the majority, it can be quite quick. It's never fun, but mm. it can really save your life. Mm. Just coming back to the speculum from the beginning of the podcast, um, it was designed a long time ago by a doctor who actually tested it on slaves. Do you think that the speculum should be updated there are some brands looking into it. Like, what do you, what's your feeling about the speculum and how easy it is to have a smear test? I mean, as Georgia says, there are different varying, there are varying sizes. Well, now I know that. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, from a clinical point of view, I don't know how they can make it better. You know, the job of what they need the speculum for is to open up the vagina so that they can have a proper view of the cervix to get in there. So, you know, whatever they, however they're going to make it, it's got to open something up. So maybe, maybe this, this, this is a job for an engineer. No, I just, sometimes <laughs> I think just putting a bit of like foam around the edge of it so that the, the hard. Well, you know, they used to be thing. metal, right? So now they're plastic. So, I mean, we are, it's... Yeah, we're progressing. We're progressing. I think there is a business called On, which is looking into... And I'd quite like to have a competition, actually. I would like to put a competition <laughs> out to female young designers to create a new speculum that actually works for us. Because it was developed by a man and tested on slaves. 2,000 like, years I, ago. Yeah, I mean, I would... That one was particularly brutal, yes. I just, but I does everyone find it uncomfortable? Do all of you find it uncomfortable? Okay, so we need to come up with a new like idea. Then. It's, it's, what's uncomfortable is that it's, it's, the it's never going to be nice, is it? Right. It's never going to be nice. But no. it's necessary. Yeah, I think, I think that is a really, really uh, good place to end and a positivity that we should be really, really grateful for... Uh, having smear tests and the fact that we have the NHS in this country and that we can actually go and get tested and that we're being really well looked after by the doctors, I still think we should start a competition for creating a better spectrum. And I think it could be a bit more <laughs> like a penis. I mean, why can't it be a little bit soft and then hard on the inside? It would work really well for me. <laughs> I mean, what, what's the problem? Penises don't hurt and they're pretty, pretty robust. <laughs> anyway... I'm just going to end on a positive note because obviously this has been quite a serious episode and if anybody wants to talk to us afterwards, if you have any concerns, we can give you some details of people to speak to. But I'm going to end on a positive note that smear test attendance may be dropping, but we still have a really amazing result overall since the early 1970s. Cervical cancer mortality rates have decreased by around three quarters. That's 74%. So I think that's amazing. So we're definitely pointing in the right direction. And I'm super grateful for you two for coming on Being Honest today because what you've shared will help someone and probably lots and lots of people. And I'm going to end with one final question for you both. Oh, no. If your vagina could talk today, (laughs) what would it say? Georgia. What would my vagina say right now? Yeah. Or or actually, do you know what? It can be today. It can be a time in your life if you want can be back when everything happened for you. Hi, I'm here. Hi, I'm here. That's great. That, that was Chloe, not Georgia, but I like that. I like that. Hi, I'm here. Um, what would my vagina say? I just feel like she's really fucking sassy. Like, she'd say something like, stop fiddling with me or something. Like, just leave me alone. Just let me get on with my life. Stop having operations, please. I don't know what my vagina would say, though, seriously. Where's what the prosecco? What would you all say, Mika? I think mine would say thank you, but it's taken a really long time to get there. They're both, they're like actually really grimacing at me. But the truth is, is that it has taken me a lifetime Mm. to work out how to really look after myself in terms of self-pleasure, in terms of sex, in terms of my sexual health, all of it. Mm. And so mine today 
would say thank you. A lot of the time we've been saying, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what is today, that carrot doing here? Please. <laughs> I think we're going to leave it there. I'm Mika Simmons. We are at the Albright. And I have been joined by Chloe Delavine and Georgia Herzog. I think you can say it's been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for coming thank on. Thank you for having us. I hope you've been listening intently as well as downloading the Le Salon app from our sponsors. If you are fast-paced and time poor, Le Salon could change your life. They have mine. They have it all. Nails, waxing, lash lifts and extensions, also spray tans. And don't forget, book via the Le Salon app, use the code HAPPYVAGINA and they will give first-time users 15% off. Just go to www.lesalon.com or download the Le Salon app and get pampered. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.